You are listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. Welcome to the Moisture Festival podcast. I am Matthew Baker, and I am a performer and comedian at the Moisture Festival. And I'm Louis Fox. I'm a magician at the festival. You know me through my sweet, sweet hand shadow puppets that I frequently (laughs) do there. (laughs) If you're new to this podcast or if you're new to the Moisture Festival, if you don't know exactly what it is, it's a four-week festival, or some people call it a month, that celebrates variety arts that happens in the Fremont neighborhood of Seattle. It's the largest festival of its kind in the world and features some of the best entertainers and comedians working today. The festival happens in the months of March and April, and not only do world-class variety acts visit the Moisture Festival, it also hosts a week of burlesque shows. Yeah, so if you are listening to this during the actual festival, be sure to get your tickets now, and you can do so by going to moisturefestival.com. Org, 95% of the shows sell out, so be sure to get them if you're listening to this during the festival. In this episode, we are very lucky to have Reese Thomas. We recorded this episode down at Sisyphus Farms in Portland, Oregon. Yes, and Reese will tell us about his journey becoming a professional juggler and some of the wacky stuff that's happened to him along the way. Absolutely, and he mentions the very first Moisture Festival that he was a part of. Very fondly. (laughs) So let's get to the conversation. Let's do it. Hey, welcome to the Moisture Festival podcast. We are recording on location right outside of Portland, Oregon. In a secret location. (laughs) In a secret location. (laughs) Apparently, you get here by following an eagle is how our guest got here. Yes. And our guest is not only the funniest juggler I know, one of the funniest people I know, and it is Reese Thomas. Yes. Yay, me. (laughs) And you were at the very first Moisture Festival Oh, yeah, totally. And how has it changed over the 14 years, 15 years that you've been going? The difference between the Palladium and Reverend Chumley's tent? <laughs> <laughs> Astounding difference. I mean, Chumley's... Mostly the smell, I would imagine. <laughs> oh, you know, I was actually going to go there. I was. I was going to say, like, you know, you, you walked into the tent, and then you kind of checked your right shoe. Did I step in something? What is it? You know? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> one smells like mushrooms, one smells like hops. <laughs> true. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> And the first shows were sort of a collection of people that performed at the country fair, friends of Tim First and Ron Bailey, and it was sort of a mishmash of people. And how was the attendance? How were the shows? Uh, well, there were some there were some very small attendances, mm. and then some rather large attendance. Attendance, I, and. Uh, <laughs> 
the the really the cutting you know kind of div- dividing factor as to whether you're in the show or not was willingness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're willing to show up. Exactly. You're in. Yeah. You know, like, oh wow, you made it. Cool. We'll put you in the lineup. You know. But I remember working really hard and being very concerned because I love the whole Royal Famille du Canavo mm-hmm. and I really wanted to shine. You know. And yeah. All that and and uh, you know did some fun stuff. I don't quite remember what. I do remember though. That late night show, and it was supposed to be this like edgy, edgy show. And uh, I remember this lady went on, and she had she had written across her chest the c word, and it was super edgy. She's taken back this feminist Uh word, you know. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write the secret name of my Willie across my (laughs) chest, and that's going to crack them up. And I went out there, and I had the word Tweeby written across my, and you know what? Nobody laughed. <laughs> they didn't get the, the, the callback. Yeah. They didn't get the callback. I guess not. I, they're all like, what is a Tweeby? They're like, is that French for the C word? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Should I be offended in a different language? Is that what his jacket's made out of? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the problem. That's what happens when I try to get edgy. Yeah. yeah. So you grew up in right outside of Eugene in Crow, correct? Yes, correct. And so you did you grow up going to the country fair and seeing these acts or were you oh, one of yeah. the first acts at the fair? When did you start performing at the Oregon Country Fair? Oh, I don't even remember that. I do remember um, 1970 was the second fair, Renaissance Fair. 69 was the first one. Mm. And uh, in 70, my folks had a booth selling tamales that they made from a deer they hit with their car. <laughs> So you, Sm- grew, you grew up in an urban environment. Yes. <laughs> this is smoked with rubber. <laughs> a, little, a little bit of radiator fluid. <laughs> it was so rural. The, uh, the original country fair was just super funky. Yeah. Little lean-tos and whatnot. And then there these acts that were like, oh, who's this guy? Avner the eccentric. You know, mm. gosh, he's, he's a really good mime. Yeah, yeah, I liked him. I've been watching him for... Later on, you find out, you know, world-class uh-huh. people from all over flock to try to take his workshops and whatnot. And to me, it was just like, oh, yeah, the Karamazovs and Avner and the yeah. Royal Familia de Canavo. These are all just, you know, the homies, the, the, the stage acts that I go to. You know? Yeah, it's funny because I also grew up in Eugene and I'm a little younger than you. So I grew up on you <laughs> and Charlie and the Karamazovs. And you sort of take for granted that this is not something that everyone sees anywhere, you know, and then you get to see it a couple weekends a, a year uh, just because of where you're born at. Mm-hmm. You happen to be lucky enough to live in a town that these people flock to once a year. Yeah. It's pretty cool to be exposed to that at that age. It'd be like being in Fremont nowadays with the moisture <laughs> fast. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Oh, that little variety festival? Yeah, there's a, people come from all over. I didn't know it was so big. Yeah, man. it's kind of wild, huh? Now, was that your first exposure to performing, or were you performing before you were selling tamales? Before um, you were hitting deer? Before you were running over deer to... Yeah. <laughs> well, my... my all of my parents were performers and musical performers primarily. And my uh, father was a great musician. A lot of people revered him. My stepfather won banjo and fiddle contests way back in the day and was a very good musician. And uh, so I'd been around performance, but growing up in the woods there, didn't see much except during the country fair. Uh, yeah. So how'd you get into juggling? Well, I was just thinking that it was about 80 three that I started performing at the country fair, I'm guessing, right around then. Mm-hmm. But how I got into juggling, I always, here's my usual line, is uh, I learned to juggle to impress a girl, and then I lost the girl and juggled to forget. Ah, <laughs> nice. Then I found the right girl. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I was 16, my buddy was learning to juggle, and his 
gorgeous sister was around, and I was like, you know, if I'm hanging out with him, learning to juggle, I'm hanging out at her house. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Juggling's the back door into the ladies. Yes. That's right. That is true, though. Like, you don't really hear people say, I juggled to impress a woman. No. Like, that does, that's it not a sentence work. that's ever <laughs> no, <laughs> usually <it doesn't> used. <laughs> <laughs> I remember always being impressed by my buddy, Tim Miller, that I used to perform with. He could really, I independently juggle. Mm. So he's doing great tricks, but he's looking over there. And I realized it's so he could watch the ladies oh. walk ah. by. Why is this working? Maybe this trick will yeah. work. How about this one? Oh, no, she turned. All right. You know. <laughs> the triple over under, I always get some. They love that. You've performed in over 30 countries. You are not only a juggler, you're an author, you're an educator. You travel all around the world doing not only juggling shows, but a science show also? Yeah, the science circus. Mm. Yeah, I did a science circus and the Golliology show. What's that? Uh, Golliology is the sequel to the science circus. <laughs> ah. It was me going, wow, people really like the science circus. I wonder if I could get a second booking from that Will client. it make sense if you haven't seen the science <laughs> circus? <laughs> yes, it <laughs> Does will. Does it follow the plot line? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we find out who did it. <laughs> it's Newton again. <laughs> you've gone to Egypt. You've gone to China doing this stuff. Do you have a translator when you do this or is it all sort of silent? Uh, usually there's a translator, and I almost never work silent because I can't. I'm yeah. a motor mouth, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, usually there's a translator, and that's always fun. I remember once uh, I was working in, I think this was in Hong Kong, and I was like, blah, 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 blah. And then she goes, blah, 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 in Cantonese. And I said, and you're really emphasizing this aspect of it. And she just looks at me blankly and goes, oh, that's part of it? You know, and I'm like, what is she actually <laughs> yeah, saying? Totally. I have no idea. Yeah. Or Does that, that bit you do where you juggle and you have a joke that's exactly as long as the trick? Right. Does that work with the translator? No. <laughs> well, I did, I did a show in Korea and had a translator, and that's when I realized how much my show does not translate. There's so many specific references right. that don't have... All these colloquialisms yeah. that don't... Yeah, yeah. And, right. and so I would say something, and she would just be silent. <laughs> and I was like, why didn't you say that? She's like, there's just no translation for that. Yeah, we don't <laughs> like, say that. Yeah. We don't homeschool our children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to hit on a girl in the audience for you. <laughs> so um, I was looking at your Wikipedia page. Did you oh, know you had one? Yeah, it's ancient though. It's ancient. So, according to it, you perform at schools, churches, libraries, and pirate festivals. Ooh. Oh, that was a while ago. Plural. It's plural. Yeah. Yes. Just one. Yeah. Are pirate festivals a thing? I, I don't know if they are anymore. I know there are some, but my best moment at a pirate festival, I felt. <laughs> <laughs> there was this. Is, is this going to sign into my other co- question? What's the peak of your career? <laughs> Well, it wasn't a pirate festival. <laughs> so I'm at this pirate festival in Portland, and uh, it was a lovely festival. And there's this ravine, and it's maybe 16 feet deep or something like that. And I string a tight wire up across it. And I went about, there was actually a tight rope. It wasn't wire, it was hemp, you know. And I did this whole bit about how you can't just crawl across a rope, you know, hanging like a sloth and try to get to the opponent's ship, they'll just stab you in the belly, right? Mm -hmm. I said, what you got to do is you got to stand on top of the rope, which I do, and then I proceed to walk across the rope holding a sword. 
And so I'm going along and I'd given these kids stomp launchers that I made <laughs> that they're shooting <laughs> little black bean bags that are like, you know, cannonballs. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like walking through this cannon fire to go across and stab the post that my rope is tied to. You know, <laughs> that was my peak, I felt. <laughs> so it's also a pirate. And they only hit me once. The true genius. <laughs> I'm looking for more pirate festivals so I can do that bit. It's a great bit. I never <laughs> fell. It's good. Now, do you always sort of adapt your pre-existing skills to the venue which you're performing, like a pirate festival or a corporate event? Or a... I, I strive so hard not to. Okay. You know, it's always the best show is that tried and true material that you've yeah. honed and everything. But it often, they say, can you tweak it a little and say something? About, yeah. You know, and that's usually the low point of the show. You know? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I admire you because you're like, you, you are one of the people that – is willing to just take risks on stage. Like you'll say, you'll write a joke beforehand. You'll be like, eh, that look good. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And you'll go and try it. Like a lot of people are just like, no, I don't have the confidence to do that. But yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, it's amazing to watch you work. Cause you just are, you're rapid fire and you just are, have a willingness to try weird stuff. And, well, thank you. you. Know, new Thanks stuff. For noticing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in your show, you do a lot of political commentary. Well, it depends on what you call it. people often say that I'm this, I have these political jokes. You're such a political, you know what I'm saying? What saying move a little to the left yeah. is a political joke to me. That's like, oh come on, you know? yeah, okay. Anyway, but I do occasionally hearken to the political. Has, I mean, has that presented any challenges? Sure, I've gotten complaints. If that's what you mean, all you right. Know, and do you care about that complaint, or you're just like, whatever, this is my art? It depends on who's complaining. I mean, most of the time, I really want to make the client happy, but occasionally mm-hmm. they'll complain about something I said digging the right wing, and I'll be like, booyah, point for me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like I, uh, I work on ships out of Texas a lot and I have my sort of my opening bit is I say I'm from Seattle. It's a liberal town. And even the, I've been booed when I say Seattle's a liberal town. People go, boo. I'm like, I don't, I just said it was a liberal town. I didn't say I was, I believe it. It was right. just like the sound of it. It's so polarizing right now. Do you feel yeah. like doing comedy these days, do you think that it's more difficult? Do you think that people are a little bit more sensitive or on, they're on the watch for you saying something that they, they can be offended at. Yeah. Like I consciously, I have this joke about, um, throw it to me underhanded, like the other political party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Notice that does not dig a specific no. party. Yeah. yeah. People will complain about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I see that you really, you know, you're digging the right wing or you're digging whatever. And I'm like, no, not at all. Listen yeah. to the joke again. And then they're kind of like, uh, yeah, people sort of hear the joke and then they sort of bring their own information to it. Well, but that's, that is my great flaw. So often I write something that I think is funny and uh, turns out the audience, the majority of the audience does not have that reference point Yeah, mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, you didn't read Dostoevsky people. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's that. <laughs> you don't know this rare 17th century <laughs> Russian author. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't grow up in a you were cabin in the woods <laughs> exactly. yeah. with next to no television <laughs> and you know that all you had to see was the flying Karamazovs. Yeah. Yeah. So when did that transition, when did you say this is something I want to do? When did you say like, this is a feasible career for to me? To be a variety artist? Yeah. Well, when I was in college and I got a journalism degree and a teaching certificate for language arts, so I, I did my five years and got two things out of it, and you know, rah. Yeah. And uh, I realized that I was paying for books and often, you know, drinks and whatnot on dates from the money I made at Saturday Market. Mm-hmm. Ah. And I started going like, huh. 
oh, this is viable. This is interesting. So then after college, I taught for one year and middle school, mm-hmm. and they wanted me back, and I decided I'd rather juggle knives. Yeah. And so then I went to Seattle, and I became a full-time street performer. And it was just great. And my, my girlfriend, who became my wife, she's working in an office making her half of the income, and I'm street <laughs> performing making my half of the income, and it's working. And then the rains hit. Yeah. Oh. Then winter came. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I've got to get indoors. Totally. Mm-hmm. And that's where the science circus came from. Because mm-hmm. I went to the um, Pacific Science Center, and there was a guy doing a little bit of the science behind juggling. And I went up to the main administrative offices, and I said, you know, I saw that act. And they're like, oh, yeah, what'd you think? I go, I think I can do three times the science and five times the juggling. Uh-huh. And they were like, yeah, right. And I said, Noon, Saturday, right out in front, I will be street performing. Ten, Come and see. Ten paces and go back to back. <laughs> <laughs> and I spent. I worked so hard that week, put together a sci- my first science circus, and I did it as a street show. And they walked out, and there was a good circle show going. And these are all people that came to have fun and now are watching a science show? <laughs> yeah. And they hired me one weekend of every month for the rest of the winter. There oh, you go. Nice. That's great. And that, that got me wow. into the stage. Wow. And then you've done work for OMSI down here too? Yes, I work a lot. For Which OMSI. is the Science Center in Portland. Oregon Museum of Science and Industry. There you go. Now, we talked about your dad a little bit earlier. I, I never got this clear. Did your dad draw Grateful Dead album covers? Is that correct? Three or? album covers. Okay. Did yeah. he also draw the Jerry Bear? Is that true? Or The Bears. Yeah, the Dancing Bears comes from the Live Dead album cover. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. Bears Toys album cover, and that's got a ring of dancing bears yeah. around it. It's kind of an animation thing, the zoetrope thing. And then he also did the skull and lightning bolt. Oh, wow. Steal oh. So they steal your face as your yeah. dad. And then he did wow. the live dead as yeah. well. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's my, that was my biological father, and he left when I was three, mm. and then this crazy man who would take on two children, and uh, you must have loved my mom. Yeah. He <laughs> took us on. And has been the best dad ever since. Wow. That's wild. So your mom is drawn to people who play music (laughs) and or draw pictures for people who play music. (laughs) She likes fast minds, fast minds. Now, uh, I wrote, your skills to body weight ratio is very high. (laughs) (laughs) The highest of all the people I know. And uh, know, you count it yourself. What do you weigh? One one fifty. I don't man. have nearly as many skills as I'm you have. One forty. Yeah, no, you have you. You were ridiculous with the skills. How like how many different shows do you think you could perform if you had to? If you were tasked to do multiple shows, how long is the said, show? Yeah, just you 30, say, thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. I could do probably four, three or four easily. But but you know, you got a show has to have a good opener. Yeah. and a finale. Yeah. And so then you got to start, okay, so what finales? You know, okay, I could finish on the giraffe unicycle. Mm. I could finish on the slack rope. I could finish on the ladder of swords. So that's three finales there. Mm -hmm. That'd be pretty good. But what am I going to open with? You know, I've only got like two combo tricks. So what would I open on the ladder? So a combo trick is on the third show. What's What's a combo trick? For me, monkey tricks, they also call them. So this is a trick where you're doing three or four areas of juggling simultaneously. So it's like you're balancing something on your face while you juggle and yeah. tap dance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or in my case, paddle ball on one hand, juggling the other hand, spinning a ring on one leg while balancing on one foot, and spinning a ball on a mouth stick. Okay. I don't know if standing on one for. foot counts as a, a skill. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. You, for some people. You are obviously a magician. <laughs> 
Have you ever tried to stand on one foot with a spotlight in your eyes and no reference point? You're no. looking into the blackness, and suddenly it's like your inner ear is going, I need something to grasp here. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh. you are juggling with three other limbs and trying not to bobble a ball spinning on a stick held with your mouth. It's funniest thing. In bad situations, if I eliminate the standing on one foot part, I can nail that trick easily. Uh. It's, it's the kicker. Huh. huh. Is that the right term? Kicker? Yeah, I, I think it is yeah, for yeah. foot. Yeah. I mean, that's two, two hours. I mean, even with like... You know, maybe not having one or two things in the middle or opening. I'm still pretty prolific, in my opinion. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I had to do a cruise last week, and they had me do two 45-minute shows, and I'm just I'm scratching at the bottom of the barrel just to like... Well, when they hired me for cruises, they wanted two 45-minute sets. That was yeah? specifically... Yeah. And then I've talked to all these other cruise performers, and they're like, really? Yeah. Well, I got like a 45 <laughs> and a 20-minute teaser thing. I yeah. Was, and I'm going, you didn't have to bring... And I remember my first cruise, I had like, I was doing the freestanding ladder mm -hmm. and I had to bring the freestanding ladder <laughs> in this big case. And, and it's like, nobody meets me at the dock. Oh, and yeah. I've got to like slap yeah. it on. Like, you got to oh, use my. the ladder to board the <laughs> yes. ship. Yes. <laughs> it was nuts. And then you're on the ship and it's swaying and you're up on the yeah. ladder going, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm, yeah. You know. So I would imagine so getting that high on something that requires a certain amount of balance. Oh, the it, lever changes completely. Oh, you have to do brutal. it right at the center. It's like the six week unicycle too. You do that at the middle of the stage so everything moves around you yeah. and you're in the still point. Yeah. But then even, you hit a whale. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the guy gambling a lot upstairs. <laughs> no, once I remember in the middle of a show, the whole ship just went and just rang like a bell. And I was like, I look over and the tech guy just like, Thumbs up, keep going. You know, I'm like, okay. And later I'm like, what was that? He goes, oh, he probably hit a whale. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> happens. It happens occasionally. <laughs> so um, what are some things in your career that you look back on? You're like, holy crap. Like, I can't believe I did that. Like, that's huh. unbelievable. Killed two whales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, don't talk about the second one. Um, uh, one of the greatest things was uh, the World Cup Street Performer Competition, mm -hmm. the Daido game. Yeah, in Japan. In, in Japan. And uh, getting to do that was a super treat. I totally, like, paparazzi are following you. There's people like taking yeah. pictures. Because that's an invite only, correct? Yeah, yeah. It was really an honor. A true, true treat. So you're huge in Japan, is what you're saying. I was for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Was for a minute. The. Uh, <laughs> one, one of my favorite things, it's kind of odd, but um, this fellow Ron Graham, he was head of research and development for uh, AT&T Bell Labs back in the day. I uh, was about 60 years old when I met him. So this is a high-level mind, right? Mm -hmm. But he could also still do a one-armed handstand pirouette. Wow. Jeez. Wow. So to be able to uh, work with him, and a couple of years ago, I was asked to perform at his, I think it was his 80th birthday party in <laughs> retirement, no, his retirement party. So that was like an honor because when yeah. you're you get like literally I've I've rubbed elbows with several Nobel laureates mm. through my science circus. Wow! And so that's always kind of a that's treat. awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Actually, I have a book by the guy who discovered the background radiation of the Big Bang, and it's it signed "Your Clumsy Student, <laughs> Arno." You know. That's kind of cool. I'm thinking about highlights. Well, like I read, you were an artist in residence for the Smithsonian. Yeah, that was a pretty nifty event. It was pretty big. What, what, skim what, over that. What, what do you do for that? Do you just like juggle in the art museum? Yeah, basically, I, 
I was doing my science circus again. That, okay. They liked that. And the best part of that was one day I got there really early and I got to see them vacuuming the elephant in the foyer. Oh, in the, in the Natural History Museum. <laughs> yeah, that was really nice. You know? <laughs> I also once, uh, because I had a pass and I could go anywhere, I, I went down into the drawer rooms, right? And Ooh. you could just pull out and there's like, here are all the tongues of the different hummingbirds, you know, or whatever. And, so, wow. you know, <laughs> and there was this weird door off to the side and I went over and I opened it and there's a guy there with a machine gun. And I'm like, uh, congressional train entrance? <laughs> and he goes, I could answer that, but I'd have to kill you. Oh, nice. Uh, well played. Bye-bye. Uh, you know, yeah, he did a really straight phase. It was beautiful. You know. So no, no uh, confirmation on what it was? I asked some of the other people. They said yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it says on your site that your greatest achievement is raising a family as an artist in America. Oh, it's, it's apparently rare. Now, you said when your wife was uh, working at, at the office and you were doing performing, how long did it take before, before she realized, no, I'm going to go out with him. And that sounds like way more fun than what I'm doing. It is pretty soon. afterwards, yeah. <laughs> And then it's been uh, 32 years, I believe that I have made our entire living. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And that's right. Often I run into other artists and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm a professional artist. I've always supported my family. And I go, huh, where does your wife work? Oh, well, she's gets a bubble over yeah, here yeah. and we get insurance through here. And I'm like, uh huh. Yeah. I've always had to pay for the insurance. Yeah. Both of us get insurance. Yeah. Through there you go. <laughs> significant you know, there, there was a two year period <laughs> where I was a sole earner and that was, um, we, Ate a lot of rice. Yeah. <laughs> I forget who it was. It was some comedian I worked with that talked about bottom ramen. Yeah. Like, we had to get bottom ramen. We couldn't even afford the top. <laughs> the nice ramen. <laughs> I've, I've had some bottom ramen years, for sure. I remember once cooking a ramen dinner using my juggling torches for the fire, a pan that I used, a pan that I used for um, one of my acts where a kid, I would juggle and throw an egg and a kid would catch it in the pan, right? I used that pan and... Uh, I used, we ate it out of the bowls that I spin on the poles. <laughs> <laughs> One of my lows was uh, like early on, I'd done a gig the night before and the person who hired me was volunteering at the food bank. I was then getting, <laughs> getting food at the next day. It's, it's like, That's oh, pretty good. this is a low. <laughs> I, had, I remember one gig, it was really fun. Um, this big restaurant was going to show off their new building where they built another restaurant that's just as good as the first one. And they had all of this uh, amazing seafood was the emphasis. And they had a dinghy, an actual rowboat filled with ice and crab and all sorts of yummy oysters and da-da-da-da. And the big night, we're supposed to be strolling around, juggling and blah, blah, blah. And there was sleet and freezing rain. And nobody, oh. zero mm. people showed up. And they were like, well, guys, eat all you can. Nice. <laughs> that was a great day. <laughs> I see you're, you're still professional about it. You made sure that no one else was coming. I would have just been doing my strolling set and eating the crap at the same time. Like, did we hire that guy to juggle? No, I think he's a professional eater at this point. <laughs> my father, um, my, my real father, he once told me to make a living as a performer. You need to remember, always take your wallet on stage. Yep. And be first in line at every potluck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's solid advice. That was some of the first advice I was actually given: was always take your wallet on stage. Oh yeah. Why, why is that? I've never heard that. Because the riffraff backstage. Oh. oh yeah. Okay. You don't gotcha. know. You are fully occupied when you're yeah. on stage. You're not keeping an eye on your shorts. You know? I would imagine raising. I mean, you have two daughters and a wife, and you imagine that diversifying your act is 
pivotal, right? I mean, you have the science show, you do some strolling stuff. Even tonight, you're going to perform doing some, I don't know what it is, a light up character. It's a winter light festival. Yeah. And so I've made a giant glowing dung beetle. Yeah. So you do everything, you know? Yeah, I have pretty giant, much. giant puppets. Yeah. I've done a, I don't sit still well. <laughs> <laughs> and so I try to yeah. keep, keep occupied and I get ideas galore. And occasionally I get mm. to actually manifest them, which yeah. is nice. So what made you go, you know what? Giant dung beetle rolling ball of poop. Well, you know, it was a winter light festival, right? So <laughs> naturally, they want everything is lit up, right? Yeah. And I wanted to do something different, so I was thinking negative space, something black that had no light. Mm-hmm. And I thought a beetle is black. And I'd just been to Egypt, and so I think of scarab beetles, you know. Yeah. And I was thinking about upcycling and recycling, and I was thinking about. The dung beetle is the ultimate recycler. They take the lowest thing and they elevate it into this this piece of art, this beautiful ball, that if it's beautiful enough, a mate will join him. Yeah. And he will stick her to the ball and roll her around, which uh-huh. is that's pretty cool, you know. So anyway, I just felt like it spoke to the moment. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I see the natural <laughs> tie into that. Hey, I remembered a highlight that I really would love to talk yeah. to. Yeah. A few years ago, we went to Egypt and I thought, this is a chance to go to the tombs of Beni Hassan. Mm-hmm. This is the 4,000 year old painting of jugglers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. This is like my Mecca. It yeah. It's so cool to get to see this. So I asked our hostess, would we be able to do that? And she said, well, I'll check. And she came back and she said, well, well the first time she said, no, we couldn't because of terrorists. Mm. And I was like, oh, really? It's that dangerous? Like, yeah. Apparently a whole busload had been capped by this brotherhood over there. Oh, geez. Yeah. They so do not like juggler, juggling uh, enthusiasts. Apparently. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so um, the next time we were there in Egypt... We asked, and they said they had a driver, and they had a guide, and they had a machine gunner, so we're in. Yeah? And I said, we need a machine gunner? And she goes, oh, no, four more will join us. <laughs> like I was asking is one another. We have a tank coming at three. I, I like yeah. how machine guns factor into your highlights several times. <laughs> oh, yes, that's true. <laughs> so, so we got to go, and there were five machine gunners spread out across the hillside, and they're looking left and right as we're marching up these ancient steps to this this astounding, you know, series of tombs. And uh, the best moment was I was with my mother-in-law as well. And uh, she's like 80. And she's having a little trouble on the steps. And this guard pushes his machine gun to the side and takes her arm and helps her up the steps. (laughs) That's sweet. That's so sweet. But we did actually get to see the paintings. And Maria, my wife, she juggled in the room with the 4,000-year-old painting women, perhaps the first woman to juggle there in thousands of years. That's amazing. That's amazing. That was a highlight. Do you have a picture of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you send that to us? I could try. Yeah. (laughs) Dig it up. Now, the big one, did you get to shoot a machine gun? No. Oh. Well, it seems so serious. And then at one point, one of the guards has me lie down on this empty dais that used to have a casket thing on it, but it had all been looted and whatnot. And then he stands over me, pointing his gun at me. We're all like taking pictures and laughing, you know. So it, Hilarious. It got pretty silly after a while. It started tense. Yeah. So you've, so you've been over there working in Egypt. You've done that three tours over there? Two tours. Two, two tours. tours. Yeah. And how many times have you been to China doing the science show? Only once to China, but I've been to Asia many times. Oh, okay. So. Gotcha. And you were supposed to go to Hong Kong here. The, right, but the coronavirus. Yeah, they ruin it for everybody. I tell you, these bugs. <laughs> <laughs> of the skills you have, you wrote a book on ball spinning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that one of your specialties or it just was easy to write? 
<laughs> I consider it one of my specialties. You know, the, the funny thing was I, I put a lot of little videos up and nobody, it seems I may get like a few hundred here, a few hundred there, you know, but I put up a video called ball spinning and it got so many hits. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting to me because like I always thought that I was like the young sort of juggler on the scene and I don't feel like there's anyone after me. Do you feel like juggling is sort of tapered off at all? Or like, that's you... interesting you would ask that because I've heard a few people mention that lately. Like, who are the up-and-comers? Yeah. Like, a guy in Australia was asking that the other day on this site. And people were going like, uh, they weren't really sure. I mean, we've got a couple guys in, in Portland that are looking pretty promising mm-hmm. and fun. Mm-hmm. But um, I think a lot of people focus on, like, one skill and consequently have an act but not a show. Mm. Ah. You know gotcha. I mean? Yeah, like a circus act, like a six-minute yeah. flash act. So you can plug me in with everybody else, but mm. when you're looking for somebody that's going to hold down a stage for 45 minutes, yeah. it's like, uh... Well, I think that might be part of our you know, Instagram thing, where if I can do this seven-club thing, I'm going to get a lot more hits than if I have a well-rounded 45-minute mm. show. Right. Yeah. As a 20 It does make a better Instagram post <laughs> than a 45-minute yeah. video. Yes. <laughs> Had to break it up a little. <laughs> no, but that's like, um, say, America's Got Talent, right? Mm. You get these little tiny glimpses of these acts. Who knows what else they have? Yeah. I mean, they have approached me over and over, and I always turn them down. I always tell them that I believe America has talent. I just don't think it has taste. Yeah. And they usually get a, I get a laugh yeah, from yeah. the person calling. But mainly, I don't feel I'm good in a one-and-a-half-minute sort of thing. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I always say, like, I don't think the audience likes me until about 12 minutes into my yeah. show. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. It starts out, and they're kind of, this guy's a little weird. Yeah. Like, oh, that's funny. But I mean, that's guy. six segments on America's Got Talent before they like me. <laughs> that's two seasons. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some things that you're working on now? That's exactly the thought that I was going. That's a good question. They should ask that. <laughs> Let's see. What am I working on now? Uh, my Stunt Teddy show. Stunt Teddy currently escapes from a straitjacket. He does a chain escape. So he I worked a... with Stunt Teddy. It's a little teddy bear mm. that does it. Just filling in for people who haven't seen this. That's all. He's as big as a bear, man. No. I don't know, little? It really? He's a personality. Of yeah. It. I yeah. mean, he's like important he's a... to me. <laughs> I can sleep without him, but it's hard. And <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, so, so I, I would like to develop some new things with Stunt Teddy. Uh, he's going to do a, a coin bending routine, I think, is the next oh, thing. Oh, nice. So, which is hard. Some mentalism stuff. When I worked with you a couple of years ago, he was doing a mind reading trick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So how do you train Stunt Teddy? Or is he, did you search out for a Teddy that had specific skills already you know i just i went to build a bear and i asked for a second because nobody loves those you know and it's kind of a rescue bear in a way you know and uh i i give him mostly pokemon cards he likes those and uh i just work him hard he's filled with cotton that kids tore out of other teddy bears that's right yes Yes. full of other teddy bears dreams wow you guys have done this too yes So you're working on the the uh, stunt Teddy show. Yeah. So here's the thing. I'm 57, right? You know, how long can I juggle on a slack rope and and whatnot? I mean, I've already cut out the freestanding ladder. I've already cut out mm. juggling on the unicycle on the slack rope. Mm. It's like, yeah, there's a, I'm going to cut out the tall unicycle fairly soon, I think, because I want to quit while I'm ahead. Just because it's yeah. physically demanding on yeah. your body. Gotcha. Well, I don't want to blow it. Yeah. You, you don't. Know? You don't want to. Well, like a lot of times performers are the last one to know a joke's aged out or like you're like oh it's the third time i've broken my hip on this unicycle <laughs> right. this year maybe i mean there's a juggler i've worked with who 
is older and he fell off the stage twice in one show. And I was like, it's time to maybe, con-. and he wasn't even juggling. He was just like talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When the peripheral vision goes like that, you should get out. Yeah. You know? So anyway, so I'm looking at like, what am I going to do in the future? And yeah. Stunt Teddy. I think I'm going to rely on stunt Teddy. Yeah. What about like retirement? Like what does that look like for someone in this industry? Like a variety artist? Like, is that mm-hmm. a word that is... Well, I, you know, I grew up hippie and so I'm big into mantras and I have a retirement mantra really, which is 85, 85, 80. <laughs> my retirement is I own a home in Portland. I've, I've been very frugal all of my life and I saved a little bit for retirement, but I certainly should have saved more, you know, but I do own a home. I have always paid into social security. So if Trump doesn't destroy that. Hopefully yeah. I'll get that. And, uh, I already know how to live cheaply. Yeah. yeah. I'll rent a room in my home. I'll eat that bottom ramen. <laughs> Go back to the bottom ramen. I lived a high life for a while. Back to the bottom ramen. I asked you a long time ago, you're so funny. Like, what? how come not just stand-up comedy? Was it just the combination of the two that you just grabbed you? Or you, know, you, you never just got the... I, you know, I, I, did, I did some stand-up work. I did couple of circuits and whatnot and but I always juggled uh-huh. I got up to I do like 10 minutes without yeah. juggling you know and I've gone on tirades yeah, before I mean, that were funny yeah because you can you have these monologues that yeah. you memorize yeah. I could probably do it hilarious I could probably do it but I felt like it was easier to get booked as an opening act as a juggler mm-hmm. comedian than to try to get booked as a, a comedian comedian yeah, so. yeah. It's funny because like we did an interview for a magazine and they were saying like, why do comedians consider like jugglers or variety acts like hacky? And I'm like, I have no idea because I don't see many people that do what we do. But you go to a stand up open mic and there's 40 white men talking about the same you know, right. thing. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. to me, that's, that seems more hacky than anything. Well, and if you're, if you're into Moisture Festival, you are seeing jugglers who are actually creating new yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. You're not seeing the standard juggler show. Yeah. I'm yeah. amazed at the acts that they get. We're so lucky to be in Seattle because yep. we get to see these acts that we grew up, mm-hmm. you know, watching and idolizing come and be in our city and perform for peanuts essentially. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, the acts that they get, are you surprised when you're on the bill with some of these people? You're like, oh, wow, yeah. how, how did that work yeah. out? I get to hang out backstage with these guys. Yeah. yeah. Right? Sweet. <laughs> I'm like, I get to hang out backstage with Reese. <laughs> <laughs> we get to interview Reese in Charlie Brown's house. <laughs> this is what? <laughs> this is the well, best. Well, well Charlie this Brown is... leers at us from across the room. <laughs> when I tell my parents, they'll look at me blankly and be like, who? who? Yeah, <laughs> <What>? right. <laughs> Quick, name a famous juggler. <laughs> Yeah, Crickets. exactly. Charlie, <laughs> Charlie Brown. <laughs> well, Reese, we want to thank you so much. If people want to find you, jugglemania.com, also sciencecircus.org. Correct. And am I missing any other sites? That's it, right? Yeah, that's, that's good enough. Yeah, nice. and they're great sites, and there's lots of videos on there of your of your show, and you've been at the Moisture Festival for, what, 14 of the 16 years? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so thanks for coming and being at the Moisture Festival almost every year. Yeah. And thanks for uh, letting us... Take up some of your time. It is my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Reese. Hey, folks, want to thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Real quick, the Moisture Festival is dedicated to keeping the ticket prices to shows affordable, and they do that by relying on individual donations. You can donate financially or volunteer 
To get more information, go to themoisturefestival.org and click on the contribute button. You'll get all the deets there. Absolutely. And if you want to just follow the Moisture Festival, you can do that on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or you can just go loiter outside of the Palladium <laughs> at Hales Ales. That's a way that you can follow them. If you want to find out more information on Louie and I, we also do a podcast on our own called The Odd and Off Beat podcast that's where we talk about strange news stories of the day you can hear us chat about all things weird absolutely you can do that odd and offbeat.com or wherever you get your podcasts if you want to find out about us individually where we're performing at you can find louie at louiefox.com and that's with two x's and matt's at comedystuntshow.com that's spelt regularly <laughs> <laughs> so we would like to thank you so much for listening so much for your time and we hope to see you at the moisture festival soon be well Thank you for listening to Moisture Festival Podcast and stay moist.